Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the Tax Alpha Solutions Podcast, hosted by Matt Chancy. Matt is a tax consultant, author, and certified financial planner with almost two decades helping his clients grow their net worth. On the show, Matt brings together an array of specialists to share with you their experience and success along with strategies of the 1%. Matt Chancy is with Coastal One, member FINRA SIPC. And now, here's your host, Matt Chancy. There we go. So kind of what we've learned in this process really is just, you know, when you get somebody on and you just kind of have a conversation with them, like we would have the same conversation on a pre-call that we're going to have on a real call. You know what I'm saying? And you just get a more genuine, kind of more authentic, like a little more body language caught off guard because it's not rehearsed. It's not script. It's just who you are. It's what you you know, so. Yeah. All right. (laughs) That sounds good to me. No, I appreciate it. I like that better. Yeah, so I apologize. My coordinator that was putting this stuff together for me yesterday uh, was uh, I have a whole bunch of different stuff that I do and I didn't know that it was coming in. So I didn't expect to look for it. And so when I don't know something's trying to get on my calendar a little bit, it catches me off guard. And I was like, wait, where did that come from? Like, because I need to be prepared. You know what I'm saying? So I just I just didn't know where it came from. So no, I got you. No, I was excited to like even be selected to potentially be on the podcast. So I figured that. um you know, oh, it's Monday. I just I got the calendar invite. So let me just jump on his calendar as soon as I have a second. So that also probably didn't help. So I mean, not a problem. Your feedback was great because we went back and adjusted our process a little bit so that we don't have that miscommunication on our side, because how could you know you're on the outside looking in? We just want it to look seamless and feel like it, all, it kind of works, you know, so we just kind of fix that a little bit. So, hey, I appreciate you taking the time. And, um, you know, I, I did go and I looked you up a little. Look at that. That's fancy. Yeah, I, gotta I, I figured I'll throw that up there. Plus, I got people in the office, so you may hear some background noise and some walking around. This may help. Not a problem at all. That's totally cool. So I, I need to get, that's a fancy one. I'm going to have to work on getting something like that for myself. So Honig Conti Porino. Yeah. Was like that close? Yeah, Honig Conti Prino. You pretty much hit the nail on the head. I mean, as far as people go for the first time saying it. Sure, sure. <laughs> understood, understood. So, look, I, you know, I did a little background. I, I read your website, and, uh, you know, I kind of saw what you guys do a little bit. Um, looked up your, your LinkedIn page to kind of get a feel for, you know, who you are and your background and understand what's going on there. And just, uh, you know, tell me a little bit about the context of, uh, you know, what made you decide that you wanted to kind of jump on this call and explore the conversations you're aware You know, one of the most important things about this whole industry is the connections and just being out there, right? If people know your name, what we've learned from like Geico and Allstate and companies like that is the more you're out there and the more people know your name, the more they're going to call you. So, you know, I'm just trying to get out there. I'm relatively new in the industry. I mean, granted, trial by fire. I've been in the industry for four years now, and it's a family business. So for four years, it's been 24-7, not, you know, 
nine to five. So it's a little different for me than someone else who's been in for four years, but you got to get out there. You got to make your name known. And you, the most important message that you can get to get to people as an insurance broker is that I am here for you and you alone. Like our relationship is important, taking care of you and your needs versus, you know, how much premium do I put on the books? You know, that's kind of what we're here for. We want to have customers for a long time. And that's why I think that's different from other brokerages who just want to sell you the highest policy with the highest premium versus looking for the proper product for you and being with you. We've been around 120 years. I mean, we have seen carriers come into the market and leave the market in the time we've been around. So we know what we're doing and, you know, there's no cheap thrills. There's no nothing. We're here for, for our clients. And I like to think we're here to stay. Um, I don't plan on going anywhere. So this is it. So you said this is a family business. Is this, are, are you part of that family? This is not, I'm just out of curiosity because you threw it out there. Are you related? You blood related? You married into this thing? What happened here? No, no, uh, blood related. My father is the second owner. He took it over from his grandfather who um, bought it from Mr. Perino back back in the 60s. So, and then the Honigs are part of it, a big part. They're, you know, my dad, Michael Conti and Michael Honig are the partners in charge. And, uh, the Honigs have been in the business for four generations. So they're a very long time in the New York insurance industry as well. So, so very cool. I'm going to assume, but I don't want to do that. Do you guys do business outside of the state of New York? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just about every, every state in America, except Hawaii. There's no real connection between us and Hawaii, but... Uh, sure. <laughs> you know, I, actually, we do even insure something in Alaska. I wrote the policy the other day, so it was actually kind of fun. But we love the challenge of writing in other states. We think we get a kick out of it because we like being Manhattan-based and having majority of our book in New York and New Jersey and Connecticut. But when we get the chance to learn the geography and the risks of another area, then that's what really excites us. I mean, we're kind of insurance nerds here. So it's Florida. Florida's a big spot for us. And um, it's really tough to write down there right now. The hurricanes are getting worse. Essentially, if you own something in Miami and you have a policy, there's just about no point shopping shopping it out if you have renewal terms in hand, just because no one is writing new in Miami. It's just considered basically a loss for the carriers. They don't know when the loss is happening, but it will be a loss. Sure, sure. I mean, I've heard the global warming conspiracy theorists that Miami's thinking and all the other stuff. And you're like, why would they be building all this crazy real estate down there if it's actually sinking and it's going to be underwater in a few years, right? So, you know, the insurance carriers, what is a huge issue? California is a huge issue too with the wildfires. It's mind blowing the amount of losses that are taken out there. So, and that has effect in the New York market as well. So, to, in order for the carriers to balance out their books, they take rate here, and our customers aren't too happy about it. And it's tough to explain. Oh, that wildfire we heard about on the news for the past few weeks—that's raising your premium. They don't really understand it. Quite frankly, 
I, I'm not the one modeling and I'm not the one who's creating the rate. So I'm just a poor middle guy who's got to deliver the message. But it's uh, it's mind blowing how it all works, to be honest. Well, you're a self-proclaimed insurance nerd and the people that are coming up with that financial modeling are self-proclaimed actuarial nerds. It's a whole different kind of nerd. So. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but nerds nonetheless. <laughs> but nerds nonetheless. And look, I think in today's age, honestly, nerd is kind of a compliment in a way. It just means I found something I like doing. I geek out on it. I spend a lot of time doing it. And you know what? You might not think it's cool, but I think it's cool and I enjoy it. Right. So. No, absolutely. I mean, some of the best so we have people back in the office now and one of the things i love about this office is we have short cubicles so i can stand up and yell out to the rest of the office and we talk about coverages all day long and how this coverage affects this property and what will happen if this happens at this property and to be honest that's my favorite part because you just get to see everyone's head pop up from their desk and it's like oh they got something to say and yeah no we're all insurance nerds, and we just love what we do and to be quite honest, we are really good at what we do. So that makes it all the better. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think everybody's, you know, what's the old axiom? If you find a thing that you love to do, you've never worked a day in your life. And I think if you look at employment statistics around the country today, I think a lot of people are ultimately struggling to find that thing that they connect with, you know, whether it's a passion for their core business or the way that the business is structured, right? Time requirements, flexibility. Not everybody wants to work 40 hours. Some crazy people work 80 hours. Some people want to do it at 20. So I think the world is in flux right now. And I, you know, the, the virus, which I'm sure has had some interesting ramifications to your business. Yeah. You know, how's I think you guys, I saw that you guys are do some type of a tenant insurance or property management type insurance and stuff as well. How is that stuff? How has some of the insurance programs and stuff you've done been impacted by what's going on with this COVID? So with COVID, so we do, so our book of business, right? We just to give you the brief overview, we will write a renter's policy for a hundred dollars and we will write families that have $100,000 policies. So on the personal lines, we run the spectrum. When it comes to commercial lines, we run the spectrum as well. If you're opening up a bagel shop, we're here to insure you. If you are a, <laughs> a lumber manufacturer who does millions in sales, we're also here to help you out. We can insure anyone. And so you know, part of it, it was really sad. Um, when COVID first started, yeah. you had all the business owners calling up and trying to trying to reduce their rate uh, because they, they we were closed. They couldn't make any money. So the policies were going for cancellation. You saw people's livelihoods stripped away. And uh, that was, I, I was thinking about that today because we got a couple cancellations in the mail for non-pay, but it is just, it's sad and it affects you. Um, it's been kind of nice lately to see more people coming into the city and we're selling a lot of personal line policies, condos, co-ops, uh, renters policies. So you see the people are coming back to the city, but on the commercial line side, we're still seeing, um, we're still seeing vacancies in buildings. We're not seeing as many new businesses opening up and, you know, the commercial lines, book of business, we call them BOPs, business owners policies. And they're small, they're packages, the insurance industry came out with them decades ago, just because it combines property and liability. They're our bread and butter. We love storefront businesses, right? Mom and pop shops. 
but uh, we're not seeing we're not seeing them come. It's tough for them to come into the city. You have so many barriers to entry uh, between the regulation, between the rent prices. It's still difficult for them to open up, especially because the patronage also isn't there yet. Um, people are scared, especially with Omicron, Omicron going around. It's uh, it, it was like I'm not sure how much the businesses can take, especially the mom and pops, which is scary. But uh, I think that you know we'll come back. The people are coming back, and the businesses will come back. And once <laughs> once COVID goes away, New York will definitely come back for sure. Sure. Well, I think the way it feels like these variants have come out, it almost feels like we might have some strain or some variant in our life for the rest of our life. This might be some permanent thing. It mutates and then it comes back around the world every few months. Like it's just this. Mm. I mean, I don't I'm not a doomsday or whatever, but this almost feels like it's kind of part of the new reality. Right. And we're having to figure out how to function within that new reality. Absolutely. I mean, we were just talking about it today. So. Pfizer's coming out with their vaccine for Omicron. That's going to, they, I just saw the article today, projected to come out in March. So what's after Omicron? I'm not that good with the Greek alphabet anymore, but, uh, you know, so something's coming next. There has to be. It's something that's constantly mutating and changing. So I guess we will have to deal with it. And the, the businesses will adjust. There's a period for them to adjust. I don't think we've seen the end where they're completely adjusted. I mean, even even in offices, who's working from home, who's not working from home. I can tell you, there were carriers, there were big insurance companies that were calling all of their employees back. And now they're sending them all home, home again. So everything's in flux. Everything's just, I, I guess that's where we're at right now. Everything's in flux. Sure. It's kind of a scary time. I mean, I guess with, you know, sometimes you've heard the expression before in the past from destruction comes creation. Right. And so I guess with everything being as bad as it is, have you seen opportunities, you know, you know, areas where you can take advantage, where you can pivot to that, that maybe weren't as fruitful of an opportunity before, but now due to that fear and panic on one side per se has created a new market opportunity that wasn't as fruitful as it was. Are you seeing that? Yeah. So um, what we have been trying to do, and you're absolutely right. I told you before that more people are coming back to the city. So we're trying to get our marketing up there for people who are looking to move into New York. We want our names to be the one they see first. That's We want them to call us. And so we have been uh, adjusting our SEO strategy as well as, you know, my dad's old school. He loves paper flyers. So he'll send out mailers and all of that stuff. And, you know, just to see how it works. But, you know, we're pushing our marketing initiatives to try and get the people who are coming back to the city. And uh, that is pretty much how we're adjusting. Other than that, you know, just throughout the industry in general, uh, travel insurance did not potentially cover COVID as like a reason for, to cancel your plans previously. I know that there have been insurers that came out to start insuring against COVID canceling your travel plan. So that's a new one on top of that. Oh, and you asked me before, how has the whole insurance landscape changed throughout COVID? Well, at first everyone thought that, um, their insurance policy would cover the business interruption of the pandemic. It didn't. There have been a lot of cases going to court or a lot of court cases about 
whether there'll be coverage or not um, regarding the shutdown, whether it was civil authority shutting down the business or the pandemic. But for the most part, no one's really been paid out. So that has been something that's even become even more ironclad in policies now. There's definitely, almost definitely no coverage for a global pandemic in any insurance policy. We even had personal lines people call up to sit there and be like, look, I can't live in my apartment anymore. Can I get the loss of use um, coverage activated on my policy so I can live somewhere else? And unfortunately, uh, you know, airborne and transmitted diseases is not covered. So we couldn't help those people out, but that's become even more ironclad. And in the meantime, the liability market's exploding. Reinsurance is so much more expensive for people to buy. So essentially, we've seen carriers up their prices tremendously when it comes to the cost of liability insurance. And just to get liability insurance, the costs are doubling, tripling. Before, when it cost nine maybe it costs $1,000 for $100 million in a liability umbrella. And these are rough rough numbers, right? Sure. Because there are select carriers that would have done that on depending on how much other coverage they had. But, you know, you're seeing them reduce capacity to $10 million in liability insurance. And if their premium was $1,000, then it's now $20,000. So the premiums are increasing and the capacity is decreasing. And we're seeing that also affect the personal lines and the high net worth space because typically the high net worth space are the people who need the $50 million umbrellas, the $100 million umbrellas. And so that's really the issue nowadays. And that has emerged more throughout the pandemic just because the market's gotten a little bit more volatile. Sure, sure. I mean, I think, look, I think everybody in their mind has been aware that of, of maybe the way that some people in the insurance function or in the insurance space function, right? I mean, even if you go back to old movies like Aaron Brockovich, right? Deny, deny, deny the claim and, you know, and, and, and never have to deal with it. So obviously, you know, we've all heard stories about certain people trying to, certain companies saying, you know, hey, they weren't covered for that. I'm going to deny that claim, this business interruption. So I, you know, you, I, can't, I think you kind of spoke directly to that. So, you know, and I know I know you work with high net worth clientele, and I want to say this because I have been speaking about commercial lines a lot, and I want to kind of pivot towards personal lines a little bit more. So when it comes to the high net worth, you have very good carriers, right? Carriers who are there to pay for, you know, whatever, let's call them inconveniences, let's call them losses, let's call them claims, whatever happens, right? Your sink overflows and your floor is destroyed. Well, the middle market carriers, if it's your fault and your floor is destroyed, you can't put in a claim for that because every time I want a new floor, I just run my sink. But the high net worth carriers will go out of their way to try and help you and bring you back to whole. You know, even though it is your fault, they are very good at helping you. So, I mean, even though deny, 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 it's the... You know, Look, I'm saying. not saying that yeah. you, I'm not saying that's part yeah. of what you guys do, but I mean, come on, everybody has heard that in the end. If you've ever had a oh, conversation yeah. with insurance or somebody, you know, it's it's so, part of the conversation. You know, they're just going to deny me anyway. And so let me say this because September 1st, we had one of the worst storm events in New York since probably Sandy. Uh, I 
don't remember the name of the storm I'm sorry, but sure. for uh, about two months after, and this is where an independent broker comes in because we represent not only one carrier, we represent 20 carriers, 30 carriers throughout the whole industry. So we pick and choose who we put you with based on your risk appetite, based on who we think will cover your location based on your makeup as an individual, right? So if you come to me with 50 million in assets, your house is $10 million and and you have Ferraris all day long, right? You're going to Chubb, you're going to AIG, you're going to Pure, you're going to Nationwide Private Client, you're going to a high net worth carrier. But if you have a renter's policy, down the street from our office, we're going to put you with Travelers or we're going to put you with Allstate or we're going to do something like that. Unless, you know, you want a Chubb policy or a high net worth policy, right? But we have to analyze you as well as the rest. So long story short, that storm comes in. We have uh, a young lady insured in Staten Island, right? Her basement is flooded. It's a horrible loss, right? Her bills are $100,000 just to get her basement repaired. And so at first, I don't want to name the carrier, but the carrier denied the claim. She called me, the carrier denied. Why is this denied? Well, I explained, flood is not a covered peril on a homeowner's policy. And I took a look at her policy and I go, but you do have water backup. And so if the water came up from the drains, then it should be covered. So she goes, She's talking, oh, my neighbor has so-and-so as a carrier. They were paid out, but I'm still not paid out. Why am I not paid out? So I got involved with the claim and I was fighting with the carrier for weeks. And this is where the where the, an independent broker is different than you know a captive broker. Sure. We want you guys to have a good experience with insurance. We want to be there for your claims. We don't like deny, deny, deny. You signed a contract and the carrier signed a contract right? That's what an insurance policy is. It's a contract. So after weeks of arguing, we got the young lady paid out $25,000 because that was the water backup limit on her policy. And I could not have been happier. It, you know, it was very frustrating throughout those weeks, waiting for answers, talking to so-and-so, but eventually, yeah, it, it paid off. The client was happy. I was happy. And the insurance did what it was supposed to do, you know? Not deny, 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 you know? Sure, sure. I think you brought up a good point there. And if you want to touch on a little bit more, I'd be curious. You know, I think people always have a curiosity of of what's the difference with potentially using a broker and going directly to a carrier and somebody that's, you know, captive or that represents a single source. So, you know, kind of talk about your experience with that and why you feel like there's maybe uh, the advantages and disadvantages of each, I guess. Sure. So... To be honest, I don't, I'm very biased. I don't have a good reason for anyone to be with a captive carrier. I mean, nowadays, really, State Farm and Geico, really the only captives you have. All state opened up to independent carriers, uh, independent agents. So we write with all state. We write, you know, with. If it comes down to premium for you, yes, you can go with a captive captive. But when you come to an independent broker, be ready for a conversation about coverages. Be ready for a conversation about what you have and your risk appetite. Because I don't, I don't like insuring people just to make a $250 sale. I will make a $250 sale if that covers you and that is your risk appetite. But 
if you live in a thousand square foot of condo or co-op in Manhattan, and you think that you need $5,000 in dwelling coverage because you want to pay $250 in premium that year, it, the math doesn't add out. We're at about 250 per square foot on rebuild. So you should have at least 2000, uh, 250,000 in dwelling coverage, right? You're responsible for the floors, walls, and ceilings in. So I would like to sell you a policy that will cover you because I lose sleep at night thinking about, oh, does so-and-so have enough coverage on their, on their rebuild? Like if there's a claim, they're going to call me angry. I don't want to have that angry phone call. I want to sleep at night knowing that you're covered and that if something happens, mm-hmm. we're good. And you, you're going to call me up thanking me that you have the right carrier and the right coverage. Now, we lose policies all day long to people who go to State Farm and Allstate. And they lower the premium. That's great. I'm happy for people to lower their premium, right? I want to sell you the best coverage at the best price. But when you go to a captive carrier, usually what they do is they cut your coverage in half. And then your premium's cut in half. So obviously your premium's going to be less. But, you know, independence versus captives, we have the breadth of the whole market. I can tell you what carrier goes where. And, you know, depending on your geographic location and the risks, that's, you know, I think independents are more well-rounded. And I'm ready to have a coverage conversation versus a premium conversation. Sure, sure. I think it's, um, you know, in my experience in the business, and maybe you'll echo this, um, I typically find the people that are captive, the captives tend to be the biggest behemoth brands in the industry. And mm-hmm. you've got that brand recognition behind you. So yes, you might not be yeah. as talented or you might not have as many solutions, but you're walking in with this big old 800 pound gorilla of a brand behind you exactly. and you can win business that way, right? So yeah. whereas being an independent, even though you might be offering a more diversified solution and, and talking and really walking them through the risk profile and how you price that, like if they're unfamiliar with you and unfamiliar with your name as an independent shop, then it makes it a little bit harder. And that's where it comes back to why am I on to get my name out? Because we are here to take care of you versus, you know, you could be uh, Jeff Bezos. If he's got an all-state policy, if he even insures with anyone else, if he doesn't self-insure, that's wild. But like, you know, if he's got all-state, I don't know what he's doing. Like he should call me up. But when you think of insurance, you think of Allstate, you think of Geico. They spend billions every year just getting their name out there and getting in front of people. And the carriers I represent don't necessarily do that, right? So, and that's why, yeah, yeah, they'll call up Allstate. It's the first in their mind. But will they take the best care of you? Will they be there for the claim? My father, in May, we had a fire loss down in Soho, right? 4 a.m., he got a call from the building owner. He was there at 4.30 in the morning. He was there while the building was on fire. He was there the next day. He was talking to the adjusters. He had a public adjuster there. He was managing the whole claim as best as he could, as well as helping the building owner understand that this will be rebuilt. Even though it was on fire, you're going to get your, your loss of income. You're going to get the building rebuilt, and you will be back to normal because that is an insurance broker's job. Sure. to get their client back to normal. So, you know, that's one of the success. It's terrible there's a fire claim. But I brag about that because I don't know anyone else in the industry who will do that like 
you know, we do, or like my father does. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing a good story. I mean, those are, those are always important for people to connect with. I mean, you never think about your insurance person as somebody that you want to have a warm and fuzzy conversation with, but, you know, like those people probably in Kentucky, that got hit by those tornadoes recently. And the story you just gave at a time like that, it might not be friend, it might not be family, but if your insurance broker shows up and say, Hey, this is the, what we prepared for. It's unfortunate, but we're going to take care of it. Like that's your time to shine. You know, uh, a water, a pipe burst in your apartment, a fire loss. They're once in a lifetime experiences, hopefully. But you talk to people all day long who have these experiences throughout the year because that's our industry. That's our job. We know how this works. We know how an apartment gets rebuilt. We know the contractors. We know the adjusters. We know what's going on with, you know, probably what's a life-changing, horrible event. We've seen it. Whether it's firsthand or secondhand, we've been there and we're here to help you along the way. Understand. understand. And by the way, we're going to hashtag this uh, Jeff Bezos insurance review. So just in case he's not <laughs> sure who to call, like he <laughs> if I get a call from Jeff Bezos, I'm, I, I won't be able to speak. I'll be so starstruck through the phone. I'll sit there with my mouth open. I promise you. <laughs> he's going to go, what's this self-insure thing you're talking about? <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be great. Oh, That's God. awesome. So I think those are some great examples. And I think too many people get tripped up. You know, you talked about discounting the price of the policy. And I think too many customers don't understand the difference between price and value, right? Yeah. Um, you know, price being what you pay, value being what you get when the chips are down, when it's a tough time, right? And I don't think clients always understand that. And you, I think you articulated that pretty well because the value of somebody standing there holding your hand while you're watching your stuff burn and saying, we're going to fix this. It's going to be okay. I think that's a big deal. Well, and that's, that's another important difference between the captives and independents. Independents, you're offered a full suite of, we write the policy, we service the policy. When there's a claim, we will, we will be there for the claim. We will help you through the claim. If there's issues with the claim, we'll be on the phone with the carrier for months. But when it comes to a captive, you don't know who you're talking to every time. You know, maybe you have an all-state agency that you'd speak to, but or an all-state agent, but you can still call the all-state mainline and an agent out in wherever could speak to you, you know? And when they get a claim, they just put it to their claims department and you don't know who's helping you there either. So sure. that's another important difference between carriers, uh, captives and independents. Sure. So when I was reviewing your website, um, I saw in there for with your insurance suite, it says that you guys do offer life insurance to customers. And so it's obviously different than the stuff that we've talked about. But I guess my curiosity with kind of a, a health scare related issue going around the world for the past couple of years, you know, have there been in more inquiries on like, and I don't, maybe you have some other products, disability and other stuff that's connected to that. But are you guys having more of those conversations? And what is that looking like? Because now we're not talking about real estate burning down or whatever. We're talking about people, right? So mm-hmm. like, how has that narrative changed? So, and this is the part where we're building up our presence in this. We're mainly PNC. And when we do get a call for life insurance, the Michael Honig and Michael Conti, they usually take that call and they discuss it with the insured. Or we will refer to out to a partner life agency who solely deals in life, who can sell you any life policy, talk you six ways to Sunday, just so you understand it. Like, you know, but I can tell you that 
there has not been an increase because I we have 16,000 clients, right? Sure. So I deal with many phone calls a day. I speak to many different okay. people. And there's not necessarily that increase in people who are concerned about life insurance or looking to get life insurance. I mean, I think most people just have it through their job at this point and they're comfortable with that policy. They don't understand that, you know, if your kids are going through school, you may need a little bit more life insurance during that time because you will have to pay tuition or someone will have to pay tuition if you are not there to provide. So I'm not sure the importance of life insurance is also abundantly clear in society, but you know, that being said, it's offered as a benefit through most people's workplaces now. I can't tell you for sure if COVID is a covered, you know, is covered. Actually, yeah, it is. If you die. Yeah, yeah if, you, COVID. If, COVID kill, if, yeah, if COVID COVID kills, kills you, if they underwrite you and they give yeah. you the policy and then you die from COVID. I know. I did hear that for a good little bit there. Life insurance companies did stop putting some business on the books. Sure. Like they took a break from it just to try and understand what was going on. I mean, how could the actuaries even adjust for a global pandemic? It's mind blowing. But, uh, you know, definitely there was a little bit of a pause there and now they're back. But like I said, I'm sorry, I don't necessarily deal in the yeah. life and health space as much as the two cop-ups, but. Sure. No, understood. Hey, you know, there's sometimes there's an opportunity in the um, uh, if you're dealing with a real estate owner, right? If they've got a mortgage on the property, sometimes collateralizing the mortgage with a life insurance policy, heaven forbid, if they were to pass away, it pays off the bank. You know, I've heard people yeah. you know, use that as a particular strategy sometimes before. So, um, yeah. You know. No, trust me, we're going to get one of the big plans since I've come on board in 2018 is to actually develop a life department and develop to build that out a little bit more just to round us out i mean independent insurance brokers have been bought up like crazy by the bigger accushores by aeon by marsh mac so we're one of the last around that's still independently owned i mean family owned for 120 years and we're not going anywhere and we're not governed by a bigger entity. So we can still build out departments. We don't have to run through anyone. We can be as agile as we want. And that's, you know, we're still in the growth phase. I mean, I don't, I don't think we're ever going to not be in the growth phase of what we do. So whether it's building out life and health or group benefits or disability or anything like that, we'll eventually get into all of it for sure. Sure. Well, let's talk about that. You said it's a growth phase. So it looks like it's kind of a, I mean, you might be the new blood. You might be the next generation to carry on that next hundred years, right? You might be part of that. So yeah. the old schoolers did it in one way and grew the business in one way. And like you said, flyers before and other stuff. So what are some of the initiatives and how are ways that you're acquiring business and how do you get introduced to your clients today? And what are your some strategic vision about how those things might continue to grow? Yeah. So one of the best things I actually think this is kind of cool, right? I'm actually not quite sure how old Mr. Honig is. I never got a, uh, you know, I've known I've known him for as long as him and my father have been partners, but uh, his age has always been ambiguous to me. But I know there's a good age gap between him and my father, right? Maybe 15 to 20 years. Between Mr. Honig and I, there's 15 to 20 years. So there are differences in how we see everything, right? My dad 
He's pen and paper. He's at his desk all day. He's in the middle of the sales floor. He's making sales. He's picking up the phone. He's servicing. He's doing everything. Mr. Honig, he's technology driven. He's doing he's doing really the banking as well as running the marketing campaign. We own coopinsurance.com. So, you know, we get a ton of leads through there and we're working on our SEO. We're upping our social media presence as well as our web presence. But you know, one of the things that there's not many young brokers or young agents out there right now. So what I like to do is I like to go to events and meetings and I like to meet these people. And I like to just put my name out there and let them know that if you do, you know, eventually potentially want a job being a producer or anything like that, give us a shout. Like we'll come up with something. We're old school. We're we're old school. Like we will make a deal and we will go forward. Like that's how it's part of that agility. So whether it's increasing departmental, you know, range of products or whether it's changing around our admin system and our processes and how to become more efficient, service more people quicker and with better outcomes. Um, that's really, it's like a threefold, threefold process. Plus also, you know, I am the young one here and it kind of feels like I'm a yappy dog sometimes. And I'm just trying to get everyone to run around and start moving a little quicker. But uh, I think, you know, my mother works in the business too. And she, what she did tell me, and maybe she's just being nice because she's my mother, is that when I came into the office, the office changed and for the better, like everything got a little bit more tight and everything got a little faster and became a little bit more enjoyable for everyone. So that's, sure. <laughs> you some know, new blood, some new blood yeah. there, right? Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. And, and bring that new energy, that new infection, that new excitement. I mean, look, you know, being a younger guy, you're supposed to be like either a social media influencer or like a travel blogger. What are you doing going into like an old school industry, like insurance? What are you thinking? Right. Yeah, no, exactly. And what I think is cool is like, I like the concept of combining those two. The other day we were talking about uh, putting cameras up in the office so that I could <laughs> get some content of us talking about coverages or like some of the antics that go on uh, throughout the office. I mean, we had scooter races throughout the office the other day. I don't really know another insurance agency that's doing that. But uh, are you guys covered for that? Like what kind of coverage do you need for a scooter race in the office? No, nah, we just made everyone sign a waiver, <laughs> verbal agreement. That's it. <laughs> but that was, uh, you know, stuff like that. I just think is funny. So, yeah, combining that, the being the influencer, having the social media mindset and being in an old school industry. I think that's cool. I mean, you hear all day long about these insure tech firms. Or at least I do, right? I'm in the industry. You got sure. Lemonade, you got Hippo, and you plug in your address, your name, your age, you get a rate. That's amazing. We love firms like that who are upstarts just because they're really shaking up the industry. They're being the yappy dogs to the old carriers who haven't upgraded their technology, who haven't, you know, really done much since the computer was invented, right? Sure. So I see a lot of myself in them, but uh, I think that, you know, the industry is changing for sure between COVID, between influencers, between technology, between everything being at the, on your phone, it's completely changing. And, you know, having, having those generational differences between my father and Mr. Honig and myself helps us. 
tremendously. Yeah. It's a different perspective throughout. And I always think that's, you know, I think about that throughout the day as I'm here, like just on problem solving basis. It's very interesting to see how one solves a problem versus the other versus myself. So it's yeah. pretty cool. The old school and the new school comes together and creates a solid mashup, right? So uh, absolutely. Well, well, you know, let me ask you, you know, and I, I kind of wrote some questions. I wanted to make sure I, I got the stuff out right now, you know, but and I think you've you've even covered some stuff and pivoted in some great ways. So I appreciate, you know, you know, you kind of thinking through the process and helping me work through it. But, um, you know, it sounds like you got some great guidance going into this career. Hopefully, you know, are you seeing a lot of young people that are interested in this as an industry? Is this something that you would have done per se had you not had family ties and some influence? Or you'd have been like, I'm not going into the insurance business. Like, you know, are you seeing any other young people that are kind of wanting to use this as a career path? Yeah. So that's a great question. I did touch on that a little bit, but I want to expand on it. Right. No one's coming into this industry. No one's opened up agencies. No one is choosing to be a producer. The people who are my age that I find are needles in haystacks, especially because, you know, insurance is fine. Right. If you want to be a producer. You go out and you get licensed and then you sell. That's it. You're a salesman your whole life. So essentially, right, if you do a good job, you sell here, you keep these people on the books. You sell more along the way and you keep everyone on the books. Now, all of a sudden, you know, let's say you started when you were 22 right out of college. You don't even really need a college degree to be in insurance, but it, it helps, of course. But like by the time you're 30, you got eight years of experience. You got a book of business that's dynamite and you can even you can sell that book of business. You can partner with a firm. It's You know, I don't really think people are being their own bosses nowadays. I mean, I joined the firm because my father asked me to come in. I, I think you saw my LinkedIn. I was, I was real estate heavy. I got my master's in real estate. I was working at CBRE. I consulted for CBRE, and then I worked at Freddie Mac, you know, on the commercial mortgage-backed securities team. So I was real estate driven, and coming to insurance was a bit of a shell shock for me. But just to think of myself always as a real estate person, and then drive into a different mindset but every day is a different challenge because like i said it's a puzzle figuring out what coverage fits so and so versus you know how is this coverage gonna like help them in a claim or how you know it's a puzzle for everyone else plus selling happens to actually be a lot of fun and you hear a lot of different perspectives from people on just everything i i didn't realize i like talking to people so much until i was forced to do it all day long right so but no the people who are in the market right now who are my age are very impressive especially if they're producers they're God, there aren't many, but the ones that choose to do it, choose to be good. Yeah. And because they see the, the future potential of this industry, who sure. I think our industry, right, insurance is going to have one of the biggest turnovers in the coming years of all of the business industries. So a lot of people see this as the time to build up who they are, their reputation and what they do. And then when that turnover happens, well, then they can climb the ladder exponentially both as an associate and as a producer, right? I mean, it's like a lawyer never quits being a lawyer. An insurance broker, if he's good, he's never going to quit being an insurance broker just because that renewal commission that comes in for people that like you, for people that you've done a good job for, will always come in. 
but eventually those books will have to move to someone else. And those products and those homes and those businesses, the insurance will have to go to someone. So if you're there, if you're around and your name's big enough and people know you, they'll call you. Yeah. Well, look, real estate's been around forever and everybody touches real estate every day in their life, whether they realize it or not. Even if they're, if you go in and buy a cup of coffee, you had a real estate transaction because if that piece of real estate wasn't there and it wasn't appropriate for selling coffee, it wasn't in the right location, you wouldn't be there. Right. And, yeah. and we touch insurance every day in every way, whether we realize it or not. They're old school industries. They're not going anywhere. They might not be sexy, but you've got too many people chasing sexy and shiny today. And I I think you've built some fundamentals with some core industries. And besides, you know, one of the things that you see all over social media today is, hey, go find your side hustle, build residual income. Well, hey, what is what does your job have built into it, right? Take care of your customers. They don't go anywhere. They renew their exactly. policies next year. Yeah. I mean, look, we're always here to help people. But, you know, there are customers on the books who we don't hear from and they renew their policies. We love you and we will be here to help you as much as the person who calls us every day. But I mean, we love all our customers, but you know, we don't have a cost of product in this industry. We have a cost of, you know, human capital. So the more human capital we spend on someone, the less we make them. So that rings true for the biggest of accounts. If you have a hundred thousand dollars in premium that you're paying every year, but you have a team of three people who are working three days out of a five-day work week for that account, that account may not be so beneficial for that insurance brokerage. So that's, you know, those are things that you have to think about throughout when you're managing the agency. I mean, even, and we like people who are happy to talk to us too. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, yeah. you know, a lot of people have a negative stigma towards sales. And I really think that they have a misunderstanding of what sales is in its truest form. It's, it's about building relationships. Uh, it's about educating people on how you can solve their problems. And it's about demonstrating and adding value in their lives. And if you can do those three things, you'll build customers that'll stay with you for a lifetime, no matter yeah. where you go. So, and I think it sounds like your, your predecessors you know, have, have laid that foundation. It sounds like you're kind of following in their footsteps. So we're kind of getting close to the end of our time today, but let me ask you a question. If there was something that I didn't ask or something else that you would want to say about what I, what didn't I ask that I should have asked? What do I need to know that I don't know? Okay, here. All right. And this is for the high net worth clients. I know, you know, that was, that's a focus is right now the high net worth industry is very difficult. Um, and it's expensive too. You have Chubb rebalancing their book. You have AIG who's for our agency, I think it's different per agency, but if there's a policy under less than 10,000 in premium, they're cutting it out. So you have these high net worth carriers rebalancing their book, both increasing premiums and cutting customers out. And there's, it's a tough sector right now, but there are new carriers who are coming into that industry who are putting pressure on the old guard, AIG and Chubb, to make changes and change their ways. And so you're seeing Berkeley One, Cincinnati, Vault, Nationwide Private Client. There's four new carriers in this sector. So, you know, how they compete and how their claims practices are will develop over the coming years, right? Chubb is still the old guard and they have the courtroom experience with the lawyers and all that to help to help out their clients. But definitely the high net worth space is very restrictive right now. Restrictive insofar as the premiums are going up. 
and shopping around is really the only way to get a lower price but it's very difficult right now to you know insure a 10 million dollar home and someone be happy with the premium they're paying especially because the message they hear all day long is from geico and Allstate: save money on your insurance and all this your cost of insurance is directly proportional to the net worth of both your asset as well as you so it's a tough sector i mean the high net worth is one of the more challenging puzzles that we we need to figure out when we're insuring someone but i think that uh, i find the more challenging puzzle the more fun but it's definitely it's definitely going to change a lot in the coming years both with carriers coming in and the old carriers, what they're deciding on, what they're going to do with their clientele as well as their business. Plus, add in the insure tech factor, where we have Chubb creating an online portal for people to essentially rate and buy policies on them on their own. Their use of independent agents. Being an independent agent is interesting uh, because you have to work the middle ground. You have to have the relationship with the client and with the carrier. Sure. So it's. Um, you're walking a tightrope and you have to make everyone love you at the end of the day. And I think we do a good job of that, but um, it's interesting to see how both parties react and how the market evolves for independent brokers. And I just, you know, last point, independent brokers are the best. Who's an independent (laughs) broker over like going direct with a carrier any day. That's another hashtag. Independent brokers are the best. There you go. Well, well, Peter, I appreciate you being here today. Why don't you tell everybody how to find you? If we were going to look you up, how would we find you? Yeah. Uh, You can call us at 212-777-7113. And we're all happy to help you. And we have a whole team ready to, you know, pick up the phone. Um, Or you can uh, find us online at honigconti.com. Yeah, that's it. There you go. And I looked him up on his LinkedIn account and he looks just like that. So it's really easy to find. So, all right, everyone. Well, I appreciate you tuning into this episode and um, that's it for today. I'm going to. Thank you for listening to another episode of Tax Alpha Solutions brought to you by Matt Chansey. We hope you enjoyed listening to this week's guests and insight. If you liked what you heard, please consider subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts.